ah, I got a notification that tells me you're recording the call. How, how oh. nice be ethical. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty nice, actually. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay, yeah, excellent. Okay, so... Um... <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I guess this is technically our, like, maiden voyage into a podcast. I know. Territory. It, it, it seems like we should have some kind of grand introduction you know describe our goals for the project and introduce ourselves and all that kind of thing right yeah that's a good point yes okay <laughs> i mean <laughs> i have no idea how to do that yes. or approach it but right so well i mean i suppose um yeah i mean the only thing that's coming to mind now is just what we've said sometimes that i feel like I would like more collaboration between sync people. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And I feel that there was like a golden age of that in like 2007 to whenever. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it, it's sort of, uh, I don't know that that's sort of what I'm thinking about with this podcast at the moment. Um, kind of, reactivate a sort of always record kind of thing <laughs> which sort of sounds a bit arrogant but i don't know there's something about that, <laughs> that yeah um, well it just it just seems like there's room to think about some perhaps some of the more um off-road areas of sync you know in a mm. in a more in a more public and collaborative way yeah yeah um so i'm very excited in fact not to put too many uh, premature definitions or boundaries on what this thing is going to be, but kind of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, let you're it emerge right. out of the conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it, exactly. I mean, um, in fact, I mean, this is kind of jumping just for a second into the movie stuff, but it's like yesterday I saw Arrival, the movie, and um, the the whole idea of each sort of um, country in that movie needs to collaborate to understand the aliens. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a very cool aspect of that movie, I think. Like, it really... Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting uh, to, to be the, the sort of the movie that I watched just before kind of um, embarking on a podcast thing, because... Um, yeah, very interesting. I think, I think that at least... so getting into like our personal projects and stuff like i've been sort of just making videos on my own for for a few years and uh it is sort of there is definitely something you just you can't tap into <laughs> that way <laughs> yeah i don't know what it is totally. <laughs> but, real um, human interaction and yeah. <laughs> 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 is the main thing that's missing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basic <laughs> but um well though so, that's a very good point you know it's mm. it, that's a funny um dynamic with this work mm. because some degree of isolation is necessary of course to uh, exactly to engage yeah. with the with the inner f fantasy material mm. that stuff just doesn't at least for me uh mm. um you know i'm a i'm a consider myself like a, a pretty creative person but mm -hmm. but it's still hard to like it's just hard to get into your own 
uh, <laughs> it's hard to sink into yourself in situations where other people are involved. It's like, I find yep. that I need to, to be genuinely creative. I need, I need like a week or two almost of total isolation to like, especially early, you know, when you're trying to find that quiet signal in the project, you don't know quite what it is yet. And you're just waiting for a, for the inspiration. Like, yeah, for me, that's often been quite a bit about solitude. But on the other hand, it's like, uh, there's, there's a weird, there's a, whoa, we've spoken about this before, but there's like a weird dynamic with sync where somehow that's aligning you with death in some, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, that's like, I don't know if that's the primary, like the primary thing is you're in this weird loop that's mm. hopefully going to help you. But, but an yeah. aspect of that loop is, <laughs> is, uh, uh, you know, eating the excrement, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so sort of fundamental to this whole alchemical thing. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's good not to eat the excrement all day long. Forever, <laughs> forever right? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we can take a break from eating excrement and discuss, <laughs> you know, what's, why we're doing that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Make yeah, sure I mean. Really, you know, that we're you know, <laughs> doing it for the right reasons or, you know, whatever the case yeah i mean just to draw on like a cliche but it reminds me of the terence mckenna thing about going into the psychedelic experience and then uh, yeah. coming coming back into the tribe yes that yes. somehow on the one hand the psychedelic experience i mean it couldn't be more distanced from the tribe but uh, you or at least mckenna's idea was that you would try to focus on things that could be brought back kind of thing. Right. I mean, I, I don't know, saying it right now, I'm not sure if I completely agree with that. Like, I think there are things that can't be explained <laughs> and that, yes, we, yeah, yeah. that we that we try. I think that maybe there is something good in trying to convey things that, that I, are I very difficult. <laughs> I, I, I definitely agree. Well, I think actually there's a tremendous amount of ambiguity baked into mm. this shamanic thing. Just, mm. you know, we, we talk about this sometimes as the, as the mind blow or whatever. And, and mm. there are weird ethical considerations there, right? Of like, mm. yeah, how, you know, is it appropriate to, if, if you have, if you're the kind of person that has the ability to, detonate a situation for somebody you know mm. and plunge them into some kind of a realization yeah uh, or that maybe you know uh you know i actually think that's probably i think there's a huge zone of unexplored bad behavior that is particular to shamanic personality types and practitioners you know oh yeah uh, and i think that that um, McKenna, who I also love, by the way, um, mm-hmm. but I think that he does maybe un- underestimate that a little bit, maybe, or um, yeah. or just, yeah. you know, focus. I mean, he's on a mission to, like, reintroduce the shamanic mindset or worldview into the Western discourse. So he is kind of proselytizing f- for it, uh, which is 
quite great and appropriate. But um, but I often I often I often worry. I, I worry at least about myself. Like, are my motivations always always good with this stuff? <laughs> the answer, of course, is they're not. You know, a lot of times my motivations are are just pretty terrible. Like, I uh, I just want to be the bit. You know, I you know who knows. Yeah, I don't, oh. think, I don't think we need to delve into like hardcore self psychoanalysis right off the bat, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll refrain no. from doing that. But uh, but yeah, there's uh, there's definitely an, a, a, a issues to discuss there. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know the. It's funny because, again, uh, watching Arrival, kind of, there's this thing that um, there is going to be like a universal language. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. That sort of unlocks a completely different way of thinking about time, a non-linear way of thinking yeah. about time. And the way that Amy Adams gets access to that language, it seemed to me, mm-hmm. was by perceiving patterns in some really weird, like, random <laughs> data. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like, it really... Felt about well, sync in that and sense. Weird, mm. And weird data that's that's almost explicitly sent through a display, right? To oh, that. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. yeah. It's like it's like a two-dimensional ink thing behind mm. a piece of glass, you know? It's mm-hmm. Yeah, no. <laughs> that that is strange because then it's like um on the one hand, I felt as if well that movie on the one hand inspired me about the whole sync thing that that there is something about sync that unlocks new kind of reality tunnels or something and that the way the movie presents it is that there is like a really tense geopolitical scenario yeah 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 and that somehow <laughs> sort of sync magically kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it literally <laughs> saves the world in that movie. Yeah. it's so funny <laughs> And it's it's weird because I think my reaction to that is that on the one hand, I completely believe that, yeah. but but <laughs> but but at the same time, I I also see that it's such a goofy kind of um oh it's ridiculous simplification, and I think it's the movie so knows that. But um, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not you know <laughs> it's never clear if that isn't all just kind of a metaphor for yeah for you know divergent aspects coming together <laughs> into mm. a more adaptive unity to solve yes. crisis which which is all just psychological at that point right yeah yeah um, yeah exactly i like that sort of the countries as a cuz at the end she's in like this sort of dinner party there's all the flags from all the countries it's it's, all, it's such a sort of unreal yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a at that point it's very mm. strange yeah well because it's also uh, yeah, it, it's tied in with this whole precognitive thing, which mm. which confers a, a surreality onto it. But but don't you feel as if you're just kind of living in that very often? Yes. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. That's the thing. Like the, the world becomes rather surreal post yeah. saying, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I, I mean, suppose, mm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Just that I I think that the thing that most um. <laughs> struck me or worried me about arrival is that it, worried it's a, a good word yeah it it really reminds me to try and on the one hand i want to try and stay as rational as possible 
to, right. but at the same time, um, there is, like you say, there is like a, an inflation aspect that I, not an inflation aspect, but something about saving the world. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which, which can inherent. very easily become an inflation thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and <laughs> at, 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 at the same time, it's almost like there is, there is also for me, a, a positive aspect about the, the saving the world narrative in the sense that, Yes, yeah, it can yeah, be. Yeah. It can be an inflation if you think that you, as an individual, is it, right, are going to exactly. do that. Like that's yeah. a sort of a schizophrenic thing. But but you can. But there is also like, like again, returning to McKenna, this thing that it seems that a lot of our problems have to do with consciousness or awareness, mm -hmm. and that if sync has something to do with unlocking different right, areas of right, awareness, right. then it does seem to be very important um it does it i, I really think mm. it, it, at this point for, here's my kind of subjective uh, mm. take, take on this there's a point for me where i just detected this kind of shift where it, it feels to me like i'm talking myself out of something now you know mm. it's like i kind of know this is true somehow mm. yeah sync, sync is important in a bigger way than just some weird out internet outsiders, you know, making, yep. <laughs> making funny YouTube videos. Like that's, that's what, that we're all doing that. But, but there's, yeah, it, it's so centrally located in this. Um, uh, I, I don't want to call it a Jungian thing, you know, because it ties it down to that tr tradition so specifically, but, but like you said that, the, the process of, of psychological transformation and awareness, like it's, it's, it's not, I don't know if it's the same phenomenon, but it's, it's somehow entrained to it, like super tightly. So yeah, in as, in as much as the future is about more awareness happening, which I hope it is, <laughs> mm. I think sync is, you know, going to be a major player in, in that, uh, in that process, you know, in some form, I think that we're engaging with it in a very larval way. That's the thing. I think yeah. we're, we're kind of scratching at a, at a tip still. Um, it, I, I mean, mm. it's hard to talk about this, right? Because I think a lot of us feel that we've, we've scratched past a tip in a certain way. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, but I mean more about the, the temporal, <laughs> iceberg mm. you know the tip of it as it's unfolding in time you know how does sync change the culture and, and uh, you know what what would happen what would happen if any of these ideas were actually taken seriously in, in a larger way um yeah it, it's funny that it does start to kind of <laughs> for me my mind does start to drift in slightly apocalyptic directions with that stuff because i, I think mm. that huge um belief system overhauls are often very bloody and uh, chaotic things, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's funny because, yeah, the thing about, like, how this will affect culture through time, it's, yeah. um, I think that's one of the interesting things about the, the sync book that it, I think, and I think that people from the sync book have spoken about this on, 
podcasts that there is a certain discouragement. There's something discouraging about spending years releasing material and it's seemingly yeah. not getting a lot of attention. But I was thinking the other day that, like you say, I think that it, it has had a big effect, uh, at least like in the sense that like... <laughs> yes, it, it has, has a it very has... big effect in the future. <laughs> we're, just, <laughs> we're just not there yet to see, to see the, the flowering of, of the effect, I think. Now, now, of course, I would say that, you know, as, mm -hmm. as, a, as a really impossible mm -hmm. sink super fan or whatever but um <laughs> yeah seems that way to me with this stuff some, sometimes like like the weird sinkiness that surrounds the work is a backwards projection of its effect ah right because right? that, that that seems to be the whole idea with this 9-11 stuff it's like mm, yeah it was so it has to be big enough to generate the see i want you know Sometimes it doesn't seem to work that way, though, too. So mm. I think maybe we should issue a blanket statement here. Since this is our first <laughs> podcast episode. Yes. That, that everything we say, we, we, are, we are always trying to hold in awareness like what the opposite uh, position is, or, or not even opposite, necessarily, yeah. just um, compens potentially compensating views. So uh, it, it can get tedious to constantly note that at every stage of a discussion. So... Mm. We probably won't, right? But, um, but uh, yeah, I, I think we're not. We're probably hoping not to, um, <laughs> not to make statement statements that are designed to be sort of isolated and taken as concrete. Um, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> final words on <laughs> on things because we don't have any idea what we're doing. So. No, exactly. I mean, it's all experimental in this is like exactly, yeah, yeah, like experimental music, but with podcasts. <laughs> exactly. Like, although at the same time, uh, I, I also want to be able to make bold statements that I don't mm. have the right to make, and, and so on. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably yeah, yeah, that. yeah. No, I, I, totally. Like, I, I think that. Um, it's it's funny. No, the thing about it having an effect precisely because it's had an effect in the future and all that. Right. It's funny because that <laughs> sounds that's, so just insane when it's put that concisely. <laughs> yeah. But but it, it is like um that does seem to be how precognitive um yeah. dream dreams. Yeah, that's the whole thing, yeah. As well. Yeah. That you remember them, um, at, at least the ones I've had, it's sort of, they feel different. And then you never know which one is going to be precognitive or not, but it's as if the the charge from the future is already bleeding back into the into Yeah, the that's, that's thing. the thing. Yeah. There just is a persistent <laughs> association, it, it seems to me, between that feeling and then the, and then pre it's it's as if, the feeling is just related, I think, to the level of depth, maybe. It's like mm. you've had a dream that's emerging from a transpersonal layer of the psyche, let's say, right? Mm. And that's just identifiable. It's like the, the language shifts and the whole tone and tenor of it shifts, and there's this weird gravity in it, and it's, it's orbiting around archetypes suddenly, you know? It's mm. no longer a dream about, um, you know my test that I bombed and, you know, I'm yeah. living some specific thing related to the day, right? Or maybe it is that, but there's 
now this additional weird context on top of it. Um, mm. Yeah, that. Yeah. No, it's it's funny because. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for I jumping think... in there. I think I lost my train of thought. That, that's <laughs> going to happen a lot as well, by the way. <laughs> think it's just the most loopy. Uh, possible thing to think about so no exactly i mean it's funny because i yeah i have no idea um where i'm going with this but the uh, arrival again yeah yeah okay um, good <laughs> let's let's get back to the text that's always yeah, exactly but <laughs> there, there is something about arrival that what you said before about trying to discourage yourself from something or like Right. even though you've seen the reality of it. Right. Um, what I kind of felt <laughs> with Arrival is that <laughs> there is, there are layers of reality to this that you think you have come to terms with and you ha haven't. Yeah, um, yeah. And I feel like, I mean, Sync in itself is kind of a testament to that in that y you can see a sink and it will be like the a hundredth time that you've seen that kind of sink and it <laughs> yeah. will still it will still impress you yeah yeah there's something about the ego that kind of refuses to completely take it for granted um and with with time i fe feel like what you were saying before there is like a like a a boiling point where I feel like, um, God, personally, at least I was watching the film and there were a lot of sort of synchronicities for me that were revolving around that. And right, like, like live synchronicities as you were mm. watching or, or immediately mm. before or, or following the, the viewing. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, 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 uh, yeah, it's I mean, so I, weird for that stuff. Like, Mm. I've had made yeah, it's really strange that stuff. P particularly if there are kind of synchronicities embedded in the film mm. that that are stacking with the live synchronous, like so it's, it kind of becomes yeah. part of one big sh like structure. Mm. You get what I'm saying? It's yeah. hard to yeah. explain. Like, <laughs> like it's not just that you're having a personal synchronicity experience in its own little domain, and then there's some syncs that you're tracking in the film, but that. The sinks in the film are kind of, it's almost as if they start spilling out of the frame into the real world. Like there can be, like I've, I've had things where numbers appear in a film mm. that are part of weird patterns I'm noticing in the film <laughs> that then are yeah. aligning with like the clock time or things while I'm watching them occur like <laughs> on screen, like to get like just insane, yes, unreproducible yes. things like that. that and I know. think that that is sort of like, for me, at least, I felt it to be sort of um, that it a danger zone kind of yeah. because yeah. On, on on the one hand, um, it it's like in Arrival, it's a movie about contact right. from non-human intelligence, kind of getting in touch with humans to convey certain something through a movie screen, through something that looks like a movie screen inside the movie. So the movie is already about that. Right. But then the personal syncs seem to drive the point home almost <laughs> yeah. as if I right. needed to watch that film at exactly that time. 
yeah, yeah. So that you start, you have to, I, I feel like I've, you have to be careful at that point because it's like you're passing a threshold because you could very easily yeah. say, um, well, let's jump to the next level, right? Let's sort of completely accept that <laughs> that right. aliens that aliens are getting in touch with me or something like that um and of course the jungian model is useful with that to sort of add a little bit of abstraction the robert anton wilson thing is yes oh man you just really <laughs> hit something on the head there yeah it adds abstraction which mm. makes it feel safer that, that's a yeah. weird thing with yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah it does make it feel safer <laughs> And, yeah, in in the yeah. typical way, you know, it's just here's a bunch of language. Now it's explained. You don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, Jung's not trying to do that consciously, but but he ends up doing it anyway. It's but it's hard to know how not to do that. If you're going to make a map of this stuff, yeah. you know, the, the point of having a map is to make the journey a little safer, or at least mm. to give you the feeling of of that, so that you're not totally freaking out constantly. You know. So. Yeah, yeah, because you can, I think that there are sort of certain thresholds or something where before, yeah, hitting, yeah. before hitting a certain threshold, you're kind of safe uh, looking at this stuff like a doctor kind of studying it. Uh, right. And then suddenly there's some sort of sink, sink wave you find yourself in and suddenly it's not that academic. It's super like visceral and immediate. Yeah, and yeah. At those points, ah, and personal, but personal mm. in a way that then simultaneously connects you to some cosmic thing. Yes. That's where the danger lies, because uh, that's yeah. really that's like that's actually something kind of like a little psychotic is happening there, probably. Yes, yeah. You have to know how to how to let a psychosis happen in a contained sort of way. Hard thing yes. to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, I think the, the danger is that you can't, and probably you shouldn't stifle it or right. prevent it because right. there is something very valuable happening there. It's just that it's also very dangerous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and so like, I don't know, I was sort of watching Arrival and getting all this sort of really intense feeling of, especially like an, a, a I just say this like for the viewers or whatever that yeah. um, we've been kind of going through a whole other series of films that all kind of constellate in this um, well as, as as films do under sync uh, analysis that they sort of constellate and so sometimes mm, you watch a particular film that really kind of highlights that and you think okay I've kind of I've broken the veil or something like I'm actually sort of uh, I, like it's it's easy to jump to a lot of conclusions but at the same time yeah. i feel like you also should jump to a lot of conclusions in the yes. sense that yeah, yeah some something some conclusion is being repeated you being hammered over the head yeah. with a certain thing yeah that's right the only question <laughs> the only question is how to interpret it you know <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah what at what level of analysis and and mm. and also and obviously about the content but but like, mm -hmm. I don't think it's at all useful to deny the, the, I, I wish we had a better word for this. It's, mm -hmm. you know, you've noticed it, whatever mm -hmm. it is, it, it doesn't do any good to question the noticing. <laughs> Am I allowed yeah. to notice it? What does it mean? You know, it's like, well, you've just noticed it though, whatever it is. So, 
Yes. In my opinion, yeah, it's usually better to um, investigate it. But I think you, I think you ought to treat it a little bit like, um, you know, like you've heard a sound that maybe is a wild animal. You, you don't know what it is, so you should approach it maybe with a little caution. <laughs> yes. Uh, you've noticed a thing, okay? Pull on the thread a little bit, but don't yank so hard that you're not ready for the torrent of contents mm. that might. <laughs> might pile down on, uh, on, on top of you, you know? Yeah, in, yeah. Unless, right, unless you really need to yank it super hard and have that kind of, like, <laughs> crushing experience, which, which I think I sort of did need to, actually. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. But I, but I think the important thing is to acknowledge the seriousness of... Yeah, the, well, the reality of whatever it is that you've noticed. And because if you granted a reality, you know, real things are complicated and unpredictable and therefore not safe. So, mm, 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 mm. yeah. That is funny, actually, because it's like you're simultaneously um, taking it seriously as in you're treating it like a wild animal or something like that. Right. Uh, and the way in which you take it seriously, like you say, is by being careful, by being cautious. Right. And, and being cautious implies a certain, a certain not taking it seriously. In That's the sense right, of exactly. Life. Yeah, yeah. A, a lightness is also necessary with this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you also have to be able to just throw it in the garbage when you're done with mm. it. And, and mm. you know, even if it's something, um, like, like for me, I'm tracking this, this weird synchronicity sur surrounding red pairs of red objects and all this stuff that it seems related to 9-11 stuff maybe, but it also seems related to general psychological ideas and also related maybe to some personal things for me. So it's hard to know, you know, where any of that's happening in the end. And if in the end it ends up being some weird little fantasy I had that motivated me to make a lot of cool art, you know, <laughs> I think you just have to be okay with yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's even preferable, you know, uh, mm. than some of these other strange things we think we yeah. see happening here. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's know. a tale to tell by the fire in the future. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah, right. The good old days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but well, I was thinking about that about the tendency of 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 people and, and us as well, I, I guess, mm -hmm. to like. Um, to generalize things that work for us, you know, mm, yeah. it's like, maybe it could be the case that as creative artists, we just are a little psychotic. Mm. And, and that's actually what that just means. Like there isn't, I think there's probably some truth to this, right? There, there isn't so much of a difference between creative genius and creative madness in a certain way. Like yeah. there, they're close to some line anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, totally. I think that um, that's definitely something that isn't at all. Uh, it's not even starting to be accepted by culture, I think. The, the sort of, no, it's a total no-fly zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because on the one hand, it and I, I can understand you know on one hand you always have the the danger of like glamorizing um mental health issues or whatever sort of like right, i mean right. uh, terence mckenna does this sometimes and and you know I, again I, I i really love terence mckenna and i feel that uh there's 
a way in which it's good that he was very general with his statements because it allows us to come oh. in and critique him. But there's sometimes, you know, when he's saying things like, you know, a schizophrenic is a shaman. I yes, right, yeah, yeah. I I, I do I do agree with that on a certain level, but I um there is a well on the one hand there's that you could sort of glamorize the mental sort of issue and maybe that will prevent you from handling the suffering that it's causing in a way that works for you like if you if you're having a lot of problems right with right hearing voices or whatever and you just fully kind of embrace it because someone told you that that it was actually kind of a romantic life path to to embrace i don't know there's a lot of questions on that yeah a ton of well i i become mm. i'm very uncomfortable really when anybody starts talking about schizophrenia in a way that implies that we know what schizophrenia is at all you know yeah a schizophrenic is a shaman is a nice idea and i think there probably is like again i that seems right in some way mm, but yeah. um but i also think that yeah, this stuff, it's just really not clear what any of this stuff is. Like, we don't have a, any kind of a theory of what schizophrenia is, really, that makes very much sense. Like, Yeah. <laughs> to me, the, like, the thing that makes most sense to me is this sort of Jungian perspective on it, that it's, it's more about, like, a balance has been disruptive where all this unconscious stuff is, is overwhelming the ego constantly, you know? Mm, 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 um, yes. But you know that's just another theory, <laughs> just another nice idea about what about whatever this thing is. Um, mm. But yeah, that's sort of what I was like. Um, let's say that that if we're creative people, and that means that whatever that is, the the crazy creative thing, like mm. it might be that we just need to, because it's in our nature, right? We're just going to do a lot better with with worldviews that permit that and, uh -huh. and and celebrate it, maybe even or or that somehow teach you how to relate to it with the, which the Jungian thing is quite good at, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so hard to imagine, like, it's just so hard to imagine that other people would have a complete, a completely different set of problems, but, mm. <laughs> but maybe they do, you know, and maybe, maybe they don't need, uh, you know, I just, I sometimes wonder how the question is how similar are we all really? Yeah. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And and how much can a single medicine work for for everyone? And how much does it need to be tailored to the individual? I don't know. Interesting question. Yeah, I do feel like I I am generally probably too quick to like like not in what I say because in what I say I'm very careful to put all these abstractions around it or whatever. But in actually how I think about the world, I think that I I naturalize the Jungian goggles more than maybe is great, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a byproduct, I suppose, of finding something that really works for you. I like wearing them. The world yeah. makes more, more sense to me. <laughs> and I feel better about my relationship to it, through those goggles, so. Mm. Like wear yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Like, th there is... <sighs> because, on the other hand, like you say, there are things that it seems uh, the same for a lot of people. Like, uh, that yeah. if, you're if you're thirsty, you drink water, stuff like that. There, there do seem to be, like, solutions right, right. that work for a lot of people. So, 
it is, I agree, there is, it, it is an interesting thing to keep in mind that, that maybe yeah. there is something about the Jungian model that, um, that does kind of work yeah. or that, that at least maybe, you know, that it needs tweaking or something. I don't know. It, I, I hate saying that because one of the things that I find kind of funny about like the scientific models of the world is this idea that we understand the universe at like an 80%, but we just need to tweak it. <laughs> Like, you know, yeah, I mean, like, that is, that's such a great attitude. Yeah, there's something about that that I I'm like I kind of I I laugh about. Yeah, it's so funny. God, but at, but at the same time, I seem to take the same attitude when it comes to the inner world instead of yeah. the external world. You know, yeah. what I mean? <laughs> totally. Yeah, so, but who knows? I mean, I. <laughs> So, where do I get off having the sense of like of having like mastered the terrain or something ridiculous? But but I barely set foot in it, really. I mean, if you take it yeah. seriously, it's a cosmos, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's going on in the inner world. Yeah. So, but at least, yeah, at least the the that's okay so this kind of brings well, us back to something the other, the other side of it is that actually what i observe <laughs> is people behaving exactly the same way pretty much everywhere you know like yeah. i don't think it's actually that much variation at all on the basis of what i observe it's just that what we observe is so determined by our belief system see that's the tricky part of it so mm. i think it's always um it's just a it's just good hygiene to be a little a little even obnoxiously kind of self-reflective about this stuff because it's just so easy to lead yourself into traps <laughs> even when things are very accurate descriptions of reality and working very well you know in fact yeah. especially so because then you're just like oh it all works it all works perfectly well there might be some details that are really important that this particular thing just happens to get wrong for some reason <laughs> and yeah. because you're not being vigilant at all you know they've just slipped past your awareness yeah yeah, it's funny how like this comes up in Arrival, where like they are trying to translate these uh, aliens, and they interpret one of the words as meaning weapon. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. When it, in fact the it means tool or some sort of a uh, an ability, which they is the language itself, um, and and then you know misinterpreting that completely. Um, yeah, kind of can can lead to very different consequences and it reminds me of what you were saying before about uh the saving the world thing and like how what what role does sync play in all this and what role sort of because okay just uh, like to organize my thoughts yeah, a second. yes yeah, yeah it's sort of like sometimes i feel like we're in a an updated version of what a different version of what Terence McKenna was talking about when he said that, you know, that uh, everyone that felt able to should take psychedelic mushrooms or whatever. Right. And that, that right. would, that that was kind of like a, that it would heal a lot of, uh, he was more subtle than that. He did say that I think his more general statement is that art would be the healing thing that everyone right, should right, press right. the art pedal to the floor and all that and sometimes in sync work it does feel like because right, yeah yeah because sync 
is not a drug. Like when it comes to drugs, we understand that it's something a little dangerous. Right. I think that culturally we understand that. Well, but, it's not a it's not a a chemical drug, <laughs> but it's it's some kind of a weird uh, altered state producing object. You know exactly. It's some exactly. language you can eat that that changes your brain in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So so like sometimes because sync doesn't carry the same taboo as drugs do. Exa- right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it it's easy for and it's happened to me and it continues to happen to me to think that you know i can just spam a whole lot of forums on the internet yeah <laughs> yeah spam them with sync videos and try to blow people's minds but maybe that's the equivalent of sort of just yeah feeding mushrooms yeah. to people who don't want to and it's oh, kind of totally. more dangerous because they can't avoid watching the video well if you sense. pay really close <laughs> attention to the if we can kind of like metacog for a second if we pay close attention to the conversations you and i have been having over the last month or so like Mm. it is possible to view it (laughs) as you know suddenly we're we're talking a lot about climate change and this whole embers ghost squad suicide spree thing and like and as and as we look at those things or as at least as i you know (laughs) as i'm obsessing about those things and maybe inflicting some of them onto you or whatever like (laughs) uh it's like taking, uh, you know, the gravity of this stuff is getting more and more intense. It, I, it's almost like, you know, are we sort of attempting to radicalize ourselves in some way <laughs> by raising these imaginary stakes of it's really important to spread this sink thing because of these reasons? And what are the reasons? Well, some huge problem that's a problem everywhere that we have no idea what the solution to it is i mean climate change who knows how that's going to be fixed maybe mm. sync is a part of that i mm. sort of think it will be but we don't at all know that right so that's like way premature to <laughs> draw that kind of connection then the other thing is is similar you know it's i i think it's mm. yeah the thing is is like is well you know it's so it's so tricky with this stuff though because i'm quite happy to let that happen you know what i mean like mm. Because I feel that I'm experienced enough with this stuff to to contain it in the end, you know? Mm-hmm. I've opened I'm just opening an experimental zone where I get to think about sync in absolutely apocalyptic world ending terms. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, some weird magician hero in that story. You know? Mm-hmm. It's myth it's a myth, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh so I don't take it too literally, you know, um, mm-hmm. but I also don't dismiss it because I think it's symbolic of something real. It's just hard to say what that is. <laughs> Maybe. I'm yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the idea about <clears throat> radicalizing yourself or something. It does seem like actually a lot of my recent dreams seem to have been about this. Like, I feel like a lot of my recent dreams have been about, um, musicians who take their music very seriously that's been like <laughs> right right you have been dreaming out a lot of musicians uh who aren't me but obviously serve like an ego function the, and it's as if my dreams are a way in which i am motivating myself unconsciously to make music after a long period of being kind ah, of unmotivated right. about it and it's almost as if and this may be kind of a a, a weird reading but it's almost as if the apocalyptic thinking is a way to motivate you to do 
what you believe you have to do or something. Yeah, exactly. I have the I same know. kind of sense with it. It's mm. as if you're it's as if I'm tricking myself mm. into <laughs> into taking my art seriously enough to make it excellent. You know? Right. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's funny just, when you think about I it. I need to let go and make excellent art and stop <laughs> putting so many boxes around it, you know? Uh, uh. Uh, and so, yeah, but, but, but I'm so timid with it, I think, that this, mm. that this, that all this urgency and stuff, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's, well, yeah. so it is. For me personally, it's a compensating thing that I needed or maybe continue to need, right? But here's the question. Just because it's that doesn't mean it isn't also true and maybe exactly. also true in a literal way. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's not totally. on the table. <laughs> and there are totally. lots of things that it seems to suggest that that's true, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, you have to mm-hmm. also take that seriously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in a sense, it's like, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're, you're sort of motivating yourself with something completely real. It's like if you're sort of heading towards a precipice, that's a good motivation to do something about it because you actually are heading towards a precipice. Right, right. Like, yeah. but, but at the same time, it serves this sort of, um, like uh, Terence McKenna has a thing about this as well, how he felt that there was a paradox that on... Um, there was nothing really to be afraid of because he sort of felt that everything was heading in a in in the direction right. that was right. divine in his view right but that at the same time this was not an excuse to sit around waiting for heaven to arrive that somehow ah right right it it was like those two areas coexisted even though it seemed paradoxical you had to fight for like political rights or like for social change climate change you actually did have to do all that even though it was going to work out or like there's a weird sort of like snake biting its tail thing you're motivating yourself to do something that i don't know yeah yeah (laughs) it's yeah that that thing of oh gosh yeah that one's hard that one's hard to keep in in my brain for some reason. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that exactly, but... but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it sometimes there are sort of, like, magical experiences, sync experiences or whatever, uh, psychedelic experiences, that do seem to really um, show a, a picture of the world as being everything's all right kind of thing it's like a classic zen thing right like, totally yeah, you're, yeah. You're in this a meditative state you end in this meditative state and you realize that everything that you were afraid about wasn't worthy of being afraid about and yet when you return is a sort of bodhisattva thing when you return back into the world of maya you still have to take it seriously even though you know that it's an illusion, there's this sort of weird duality between in the Buddhist model. Yeah, I think my it, problem is that I kind of keep keep thinking I'm going to find some way to explain that to myself intellectually that's going to make sense, but yeah. it's just it's just irrational. It mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. Like mm-hmm. there's there's it, it it somehow feels related to the the things we've been talking about 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 like the uh, like meta ethical aspect to divinity, right? That 
Ah, yes, yeah. It's, it's like, somehow exactly that problem, just a little shifted around or something. Like the Abraxas thing. You yeah, Abraxas, exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, uh, there's just a weird thing that comes with with becoming aware of your, first of all, of your own dark side mm. and, uh, and accepting it somehow. That changes your relation to the ethical landscape in a way that is very hard to articulate, but it's very, there's very clearly a shift, I think. Because yeah. it, it, uh, it, it's not as simple as relativizing good and evil. It's not mm. that. Although that maybe is involved in it somehow. This is how unclear this is to me. I don't even, I can't even say those basic things about it with any <laughs> degree of confidence. But, yeah, um, yeah it, it's... I have been, all I can, you know, I'm, I'm currently feeling more like an earthling, right? But, mm -hmm. but I've been in states, sometimes for like long periods of time, you know, like, like several days at a time or something, <laughs> not just a flashing flash, but a, a, a sustained state where, where I just feel exactly, I feel that everything that happens is perfect. No matter how horrible it is, and and it, and I and I have no discrimination about it. Like I apply it as much to my own pain and and you know regrets in life and etc. as I do to everything else in the world. You know, it's just it's all just what it has to be, and mm. uh, it's part of a perfect story. And stories need need light and dark, <laughs> or they're yeah. just not interesting, right? Yeah. So. Jung talks about abraxas in terms of effectivity. I, I think it's more almost about interest or uh, mm. um, attention. I don't know. Uh -huh. Somehow that's all related. Um, but, so, okay, there's that, but you can't live according to that. And that's no. the thing is that when I was in those states, uh, I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really. I really did nothing. I... Um, I sat, you know, I, it was meditative, but a weird kind of, uh, it's, I felt very sick, actually, by the yeah. end of that. Um, I felt, um, and, and I mean, I mean, physically, like I felt it was something nauseating about it eventually. It didn't, it didn't start off that way, but I just felt like I had died. I, I, I think there were feelings a little bit of like being a corpse kind of attached to it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, it's yeah. It's a very intense feeling of death on it because I think yeah. it's a, it's, it's not a mortal perspective, is it? Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. Chess master perspective, lo looking down at the field of opposites from from the top of the mountain, and yes. well, how amazing that that human beings can climb to the top of that mountain even for a brief moment, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. but. Something about the air up there isn't breathable. It seems no. like. you need to <laughs> you need to come back down. Not even necessarily to return to the village. Maybe that's your bag. Maybe it isn't. But you just need to make decisions at some point, or you are going to die. That's the yes. thing. It's a matter of survival. The ego mm -hmm. has to take the decisions, and uh, as soon as you do that, I think you're back in an ethical space. And so that's the other thing about it. It doesn't solve any problems. It doesn't, it's not any kind of an answer to any ethical problem. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. It's a weird context 
a secret mm. context that surrounds ethics that it almost seems like no one is supposed to really ever see. It's like you're peering into a glitched, like, <laughs> it's not clear yeah. what you're even seeing when you peer into that space. You're seeing something that definitely implies, wow, this whole ego decision thing is not exactly what it appears somehow, you know? Mm. Mm. But, um, no, there is a big, you know, like, that, it's hard to say, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Is, yeah, you're right. There is like a dissociative thing about that, that you're suddenly like uh, looking at your own body from above or something. Exactly. And, yeah. and like I, I agree that, uh, how do I say this? Mm, yeah, it's funny because exactly, it's not the solution to any problem. And yet, and it, yet it, it is. <laughs> it gets. Well, yet it, it's it, the solution to every problem in some strange way. Like holding it, holding in mind the fact that that context exists sucks mm. a lot of the attachment out of the decision-making process, which is good, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, or or or, or it um or it gets presented. It easily gets presented as a solution, um, because. Because there's something so alluring, or uh, like right, I, I mean, right. yeah, 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 right. I, 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 I agree that I think it is important to like maybe open up to the possibility that that is, mm, yeah, that there is something kind of deathly or not. I, I think it's I a very I, common problem really like mm. in western kind of enlightenment oriented subcultures there's such an emphasis on achieving bliss or nirvana or you know yeah. getting to that to this peak where all your problems are instantly solved mm. and i don't know my experience of this stuff has not been like that at all <laughs> it's just uh i mean I, i'm solving problems but new problems occur in the in the act of acquiring the skill set necessary to solve the problems you had when you started. So it's, I don't, you know, I just don't know if I buy the idea of escaping the wheel fundamentally. I mean, I'm yes. not sure, but yeah. No, exactly. I think that's, um, I agree. I, I really like what you say about uh, the ego and decisions because I, I've been thinking that exactly the, the ego is decisions kind yeah, of yeah right it seems somehow like that yeah that you i mean that's what free will is in a sense right you decide to go here or to go there and it seems as if that's what the ego is in a sense like you're not yeah. just you're not just like watching looking at a screen and seeing yourself walking down the street, like you are walking down the street and you are deciding to take this route or that one or whatever. Um, Actually, I have a it, question for you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, I was, I'm curious what you think about the ego because to me, the ego is, seems almost like this perfect null pocket, you know? I, I find it very difficult to think about what it is or to even locate it in my experience. Do you know what I mean? Because it, it is me, the experiencer somehow, or that's how it, that's how it appears in my experience. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. appears in my experience like almost precisely as an absence. It's, it's funny because the unconscious 
is supposed to be this alien thing you can never touch. Yes, but it is encounterable in the imaginative arena. It seems like the ego isn't exactly. Because uh-huh. you are still the ego in those experiences, generally. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> where's the vantage point? You know, you can let... It, uh, it's... Well, and then it seems like really you become aware of your ego as ego after you've suffered a serious ego death. But but exactly, it's gone then again. So it's like you never get to really look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and even like, I would say that... So one model that I like is to see the ego as a fractal in that even when like even when you have an ego death experience um you are still experiencing that somehow it's just that it's almost like it's a it's a different register of ego or something (laughs) Um, yeah right like i remember in 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 psychedelic experiences and in like intense meditation experiences, this feeling of uh, precisely this feeling that decisions and decision making had somehow stopped meaning what it usually meant. Like I was just watching myself as if it was a movie kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I was sitting in this seat of pure sort of awareness of what I was just looking yeah. at. <laughs> but the thing is that even though the 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 person who is sitting in the seat of awareness or whatever is very very still and is not doing anything, they're still a person. I feel like it's still an ego. Right. And it it's it's just an ego that's just looking at stuff instead of doing stuff. <laughs> <Something, laughs> yeah. Like, right. Uh, right. And that maybe, you know, if we to go into slightly more um, spiritual areas, that maybe it isn't exactly your ego. Like maybe you're somehow, like if it's like a this giant puppet guy or whatever who's sort of controlling you or right, whatever, right, that right. kind of model. And suddenly some experience kind of makes you realize that you're also the puppet guy. Um, right, holding right. you. I feel also like this could go on forever. Personally, I I, I have a fractal feeling about this that the puppet guy is also a puppet in someone else's hands. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> puppet guy is all the way down. Yeah. And and that you can so you never. It's almost as if maybe there is never ego death. There is just like a sort of uh, a zooming yeah. in and out of the fractal or something. I'm not sure what I think about that exactly. It's very sort of. The first thing that comes into my mind at the moment. Um, yeah, I do but... feel like in in general, um, we we probably need more. Pre- well, uh, it's always a question, isn't it? I was about to say we need more precise terms for talking about ego death. It seems like mm. there are many kinds of ego deaths and degrees and levels of meaning that they carry with them, and so on. Um, yeah. But then it's also very easy to blind yourself with an overly precise taxonomy. Bef- that that you haven't earned, you know, when it just the situation is murky. It doesn't help to pretend like you know what's going on. With that's kind of what Heidegger ends up doing. He just mm-hmm. divides his his words <laughs> into finer and finer distinctions, you know. But it, it never really helps him approach the the problem. 
Nice. I love that about, uh, you're, you're right. It's something that you haven't earned. You haven't earned right. that um, new term. That's funny. Yeah, you're right. Something kind of, um, yeah, no, I, and I know it's, it's, it's funny because, um, let's see, I mean, talking about ego death and all that, like to return to the, um, let's say the, everything is all right kind of view of the world that everything is perfect and right. that um that mm, yes i i i agree there's something very weird going on with that because at the end of the day uh you you take decisions and even decisions that seem completely non-ethical like now i'm deciding to lift my hand up or you know whatever like i have decided that it was my will to do that in a sense. Right. And, and so in a way that was. Although I, interestingly, I there's some evidence to suggest that you decide that after you've already carried out the action. <laughs> right. There's so strange, but they, but there, there's been some measurements done, I guess that, uh, that there are, that the, you know, like the lower autonomic systems are already preparing to move the arm before you've consciously registered mm-hmm. the desire, you know, the, even the thought to, to move it. <laughs> right. It already yeah. originates in a deeper unconscious. So that really starts to ask a weird question, doesn't it, about how much the ego is even doing ever. Is it actually making decisions? Or does it just convince itself that it's making them at, in order to feel okay about what's happening? And actually <laughs> what it is is just a completely passive observer. You're a camera recording this experiment for the archons or whatever. <laughs> you know, I don't know. No, yeah, no, I, I know you I mean, and like, I suppose the way I would approach that initially is that, uh, so on, on the one hand, this, obviously this, uh, I'm getting into very speculative territory, but I feel as if, that should be the name of the podcast, dude. That's <laughs> <of> territory. <laughs> that, that, um, maybe it's a bold kind of claim, but I feel that if I am not making the decision, uh, is is something making the decision? Right, right, right. Uh, can we personalize the decision in some way? Is it's some so kind of ego... Our whole, everything we think we understand about anything, it's in such a state of fractured disconnection. You can't think in any direction without breaking some whole other useful thing. Like, (laughs) in this case, like, the whole Darwinian framework is kind of broken if there isn't something making real decisions. That's Mm. the whole thing. It's a game where things are trying to anticipate and outmaneuver and compete it there has to be you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also very hard to reconcile any of this with the fact that things change if things are in a state of perfection why does anything happen you know there's just very fundamental ontological questions about this stuff i think that yeah nobody has any answers to at all like mm-hmm. yeah no I, I i i tend to like i like seeing it at a Exactly. If you zoom it down to a slightly more human-sized scale, yeah. for example, yeah. um, there is this thing where, I don't know, uh, 
you yeah there are clear kind of moments when there are good and evil situations <laughs> that's like, the thing yeah yeah that, Often that, like, it's so clear how can it be that it can be so clear and so clear intuitively that's yeah. also interesting you know yeah like like, like I, I don't know it's hard to come up with good examples for this but maybe the just the glass of water thing that yeah. if you're thirsty and you know, drinking a glass of water, you, you have the decision to drink a glass of water or a glass of sand or whatever. It seems sort of very obvious that the glass of sa the water, sorry, <laughs> is, yeah, um, yeah. is, let's say, what you want or whatever. I don't know. There's a lot of kind of things I'm taking for granted there. But there, let's say, and that's a kind of a com convoluted example. It's something more normal, like, I don't know, you, you feel that you hurt a friend and you feel that you should apologize to them. Something social, something right. kind of like in the phenomenological kind of... That's a good um, example, yeah. I like that. And you feel that you should apologize to them and you go and you do it and you feel better and you talk with your friend or whatever. So you feel that you took the right decision there or whatever. Um, that somehow when you look at sync and, and, and sync can lead you exactly into these really absolute big bird's eye view views of things of everything is good and everything is evil at the same time or whatever and right right and and that those kind of absolute views sometimes can interfere with the uh medium-sized events like right. apologizing to a friend and i suppose right. that's what happens with inflation i suppose that if you personally identify with some sort of an uh some some kind of beyond good and evil thing you identify yeah, with yeah, that yeah it'll change um, how you relate to the world. Like you said, like maybe you'll just stay indoors meditating all the time or whatever. Um, right. And it's hard to tell. <laughs> or maybe you'll decide <laughs> to just blindly pursue like horrible uh, murderous desires or something mm -hmm. because why not? <laughs> it's all yeah. perfect. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be part of the dark divine or whatever, you know? Ah, yeah. How do you make that decision, right? Yeah. This stuff yeah. is very yeah. weird, murky.